What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we go over the first two games of the second round of the NBA playoffs. And then, should NFL players, specifically NFL quarterbacks, be mentoring their younger, better replacements? Run the music. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Guest. Out on Cinco de Mayo here, had a little mix-up in the schedule, is Matt Morris. How is your Cinco going, my friend? Yeah, man. Um, Party hardy, I guess. I don't have any margaritas around me. My girlfriend is currently working at her Mexican, I guess, uh, job, right? Cantina. Cantina. I was trying to put the (laughs) word on how we want to like spice this up. Um, But yeah, man, Cinco de Mayo, it's... uh, uh, more importantly, what Cinco de Mayo represents for me is like the first real like push into warm weather. Uh, also, the, for, like the first real party weekend outside of like we just had draft weekend because it's kind of yeah. an outside variable. But like it's finally warming up in Vegas and the pool parties are getting started. Uh, so this kind of kicks off our big time summer out here. Yeah. So my my birthday is is May 3rd. So I I, I always am like on the fence about a few things like one is that I'm glad I'm not born May 4th because I don't like Star Wars. So like <laughs> Yeah, you're a loser. I, it, yeah, so and like it it is what it is. Like I just I'm not into Star Wars, so that would like completely ruin every year I'm always hung over on May 4th and I'm like, "Good, dude, fuck this day." Like I I'm not a big Star Wars guy myself. But then I'm like, "Damn, it would have been probably really cool to be born on Cinco de Mayo." But then you think about it even farther and it's like, "Ah, well then your birthday is kind of irrelevant, right?" Cuz then yes. it's like it's Cinco de Mayo. So you know, I guess May third is money here, but yeah, I always like I always have the funniest like time here on this on the fifth of May because it's like oh I'm still kind of like recovering from hanging out on my birthday and my girlfriend bought me a few too many shots because I was all butthurt about the about the bucks you know, um, <laughs> so it, it's always a good day. But I agree with you, summer is here. Out where I live right now, unfortunately, it's still like the super windy spring season, which kind of sucks for us over here by the beach. So I'm praying to God that that kind of passes through and then we can have like super sunny, super beautiful beach weather out here in California, which is what we pay the premium for. Yeah. And you guys just take a little bit longer than we do, but you also have the beautiful, you know, ocean. We have the freaking desert so you got nice cactuses and things you know <laughs> you guys do have you guys have some cool lakes out there though um you mean oh, the yeah, ones they're, that they're, they're, they're pulling close. dead bodies out of right now because they're so yeah, terribly I was just low ask you, you saw that yeah the bodies are popping up out of there which does suck too because like dude those lakes like it was lake mead right yeah. um it was, it's a super dope lake but now like you know pretty soon here you're not even going to be able to freaking have boats in there or go out and you know, do your thing. And then, yeah, they're going to start pulling up bags of bones here every three months. It's not like the mob was out here or anything. You know? All right, well, let's get into it. I brought it up in the open. Uh, game two just finished Bucks Celtics. And this is why when we were talking about Utah last last episode and you were like, ah, oh, you know, the Celtics should trade for Gobert because, you know, they might be getting totally fucked by the Bucks. It's like, all right, let's pump the brakes. It was one game. Um, game two, the Celtics blow out Milwaukee. It was a bummer. 
hurt on my birthday. But you know, it is what it is. As as except for last year, what do I always say, Matt? These Wisconsin sports teams will always let you down, my friend. So uh, I have a pretty big breakdown here of the first two games. I'll keep it high level and then go into detail a little bit. But the the theme of the entire series thus far has been the three ball. So why I say that is it's really interesting to watch the Bucks play defense because Milwaukee is literally just telling the Celtics, you know what? We will let you shoot threes. We don't care. If you make them, we lose. You miss them, we win. And that's perfect representation of the first two games. Matt, the first game, game one, Boston took 50, 5-0, three-pointers in 34 twos. They shot like 34%, but 53s, Matt. Um, and, And they had a lot of good looks, got a lot of good open looks, and they just weren't converting the way that they did in game two. Come game two... They end up shooting 20 for 43 from three-point land, almost 50%. Jalen Brown, 27 points in the first half. And then the big key in game two was Grant Williams actually being able to D up Giannis pretty well. Um, I'll let you go here in a second. But what's really interesting here, Matt, is I gave Giannis a B in game one. And he played amazing, but he left a lot out on the floor in game one. In game two, I give him like a C minus. Saw a lot of 2019 Giannis settling for jumpers, looking frustrated, not playing the doubles well. And he still ended with like almost a triple double 28 points. But the Celtics might have tapped into something with this Grant Williams. I'm just going to sit there. He's basically like a giant stump. That's what he looks like guarding Giannis. And it's concerning for the Bucks because if Tatum, if Brown, if Williams, if Al Horford, if they can shoot 35 to 40% from three, it looks like the Bucks are going to allow them to have those buckets. And that's going to be a massive, massive issue for the deer. Yeah. And I think the way you're breaking down game two is the way I would have broken down game one. It's complete back to wash for me. Game one, game two. I don't care that they blew them out. This is the same concern I've had of the Bucks of 2021, 2020, 2019, but they've been over the hump now. Um, I don't really think analyzing this series until we hit game six is going to matter because we're going to see these teams go back and forth. Right. You know, we, once we go to Milwaukee, the Bucks, it could be 2-2. Two, two. Like, I don't think home court advantage even so much matters in this game. It's all about how are we going to make adjustments on a game-to-game basis. And you said it, like, can you shoot, right? Like, we don't know Boston is the most efficient shooting team in the NBA. We know them as a very good defensive team. So right. we can expect them to show up and play good defense, but we can't expect Brown, Tatum, um, all, you know, all of their players to show up and shoot the ball. So I, I think ultimately I'm going to change my approach from Celtics in five or six to like probably Celtics in like seven. Yeah. Because without Chris, again, like Giannis is going to have more games like game two than I feel like he is game one. And I just don't have the faith in Grayson Allen and, you know, Drew Holiday to step up and make those plays. Now, I think game three, the Bucs need to allow Holiday to have more ball control. He had a very good start to this game. When I looked at the box score, when you and I were on the phone, he had 11 points while Giannis was one for 11. Right. And it was like, okay, like we saw this last year, like go ahead and give him the ability to score, give him the opportunity and like take some pressure off Giannis. I wouldn't be surprised game three if we see Holiday with like 18 to 21 points by half and the Bucks have a 15-point lead. 
Yeah, it, and you were you kind of made my second point for me there. Game two was the first time you really felt Chris Chris's impact not being there because yeah, I think Giannis was zero for eight in the first quarter. Zero for six. he started zero for at least zero for seven to start that game, and he was taking bad shots. He was making terrible decisions. Celtics were coming down, hitting threes, and they were down twelve points before you knew it, and they never really dug themselves out of that hole. And Chris Middleton's just that kind of guy, dude. Like, you know, he just doesn't play sexy, but he would have just went down the floor and hit a 15 foot jumper. Right. Okay. Hey, we got a bucket. Let's chill out. Let's make a stop. You know, we can run him in the pick and roll a little bit. Lopez got in foul trouble, but one of the, one of the highlights for the bucks. And once again, you made my point a little bit for me was drew holiday, Matt. He went, um, 25, nine and five, three steals in game one. Uh, he didn't shoot as well in game two, but still got 24 points. He's making an impact nonstop throughout the game. Now, do I expect Holiday to shoot better than 45% on the game? No way. That's just not his game. He's, you know, he's going to take a couple shots that he should have made and misses them, and he's going to make a couple boneheaded plays. But I think he's he's personally trying to show that he's the best defensive guard in the league, specifically because they're playing against Marcus Smart. I really do because he's picking these dudes up full court. He's making really, really good winning plays, stealing the ball, putting pressure on whether it's Tatum, Pritchard. Um, I forget the white. I think it's the other guy that came in for smart in game two. Um, he, he's the lone bright spot for me. Now, if the Bucks do want to win in six, like I said, they were going to. I, I agree with you. Though. I'm starting to feel like this is going to go to seven. They need Brooke Lopez to step up. He got into foul trouble, had five fouls, could never get into a rhythm, couldn't establish himself down low, wasn't hitting threes. And you could tell that it really hurt the Bucks, right? Bobby Portis needs to step up. But on the flip side, man, if Grant Williams plays like he did, I, I think the Celtics might win three straight games. I haven't seen that from Giannis in, since 2019 against Kawhi Leonard when you just he he kind of reverted back to his lack of maturity right now do i think he's fully graduated from that yes absolutely we i i made this mistake last year on the pod right i was like shit man i just don't know if Giannis can be the guy to lead the team right he always falls into this trap of i'm just gonna put my head down not get my team involved and he just looks like he gets pissed off, right? He kind of rages a little bit. Now, this game three, I really want to see if he graduates from that, right? Goes back to being a little more patient, reading the doubles, hitting his team. And then fortunately, since they're at home, you would think guys like Grayson Allen, guys like um, Pat Covington, the bench players, they can hit their threes. They can get to the free throw line and make, you know, not boneheaded plays. Uh, I agree with you, though. It feels like it's going seven. I think it's going to end up 2-2 going back to Boston uh, for that game five. All right, moving on to... There's not much to talk about here, but we, we had two big questions we wanted to answer. Philly, Miami. So what sucks? Embiid's basically going to be out for the series. Uh, Philadelphia is going to get swept 100%, and it just gives a nice excuse for Harden, gives a nice excuse for Doc Rivers that, you know what, their best player got got injured. And it, it is a good excuse because that team, they're not deep, Matt. Their, their roster isn't great. So what we were talking about a little off air, what we want to discuss here is, so most likely Philadelphia is going to give Harden a max extension, right? So I don't know if that's going to be three years, four years, five years, whatever it is. Them giving him the extension. The big question is, this: then what? Right? So we have Harden, we have Maxi, we have Embiid. Then what? 
Will guys come to Philadelphia to play with these guys, Matt? Do you think they will start to build a nice nucleus around this team? Because Embiid gets hurt, Harden gets hurt, Maxi hasn't yet, and I hope he doesn't. But this is going to happen again in the playoffs, and they need depth. Do you think guys will start to congregate and try and team up out in Philly this offseason? I don't see. I don't think we will see it in the same way we see it in other places, like almost like the LeBron approach that we've seen in past championship runs. But I do think if they can find a way to free up money. There is opportunity there to construct a different core on a roster. Um, and, and I think honestly, Tobias Harris is that piece that needs to be moved. When they signed him to a max deal, the idea was that they were signing the future potential that they saw in him. He was really, really good in Orlando. He had good time with Detroit, and like he had great flashes for the 76ers, but Harris just ultimately is not a max player, in my opinion, because he's not consistent enough. I think that money ultimately is better spread around on that roster, and you look at the two guys that they have as their superstars, Embiid and Harden. They're guys that need the ball. You need players that play off the ball at a very, very high level. And Harris has proven in past playoff series as well as the regular season that he's a guy that needs to build into being hot. And that's dangerous on a team when you're not the ball controller. Yeah, I agree. And and I'm trying to think of some dudes off the top of my head. And it's going to be tough out there, you know, to, to get a guy at decent value, not a max contract to come in. But I agree with you. I feel like Tobias would be a good pick or piece, excuse me, to move around. And fortunately for them, I, I feel like he's been their second best player since uh, Embiid has been out in this series against Miami. But it's not good enough to be a max contract guy, right? Correct. So Correct. I agree with you. I do think people will start congregating over there. It's going to be interesting to see if they do something similar to what Miami did. And we'll get to them here in a second, like picking up PJ Tucker, picking up a Kyle Lowry, right? There's going to be guys that go out there. How about Zach Levine, Matt, right? You know, like if we can get Zach Levine out there in Philly, now we have three guards and a shooting forward, right? With Harden, Maxi, Levine, and be like, hey, that's a that's a nice, nice team, right? And I think you could entice a guy like that to go over because he's still going to be able to get his shots. Harden's obviously being, being more passive than he ever has in his career. And I seem to see that going up and trending up the rest of his career. So look out for something like that. Um, I'm really interested to see what Philadelphia does this offseason. It just really sucks. I've I've really started to find a soft spot for Joel Embiid a little bit myself personally. Um, he's come a long way. He's He's gone through a lot of adversity and the way he got injured, bro. And to be he's going to he's going to be out if they lose this game, he's going to be out the whole series. And it just sucks. I, I was really, really high. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast on Philadelphia, I wanted to see them make their run. But it was because Embiid was going to be there. And it just sucks, dude. This might he this might just be his career. You know, like he might just always come up a little bit short, always get injured, similar to like a Blake Griffin, man. Every time Blake was right there with the Clippers injury. And it's because they're kind of just huge physical freaks. Yeah, and you know, you also look at this roster, and you can't lose your best player when you construct a roster like this. You're not Milwaukee from last year when they lost Giannis, right? Like, you've tied in money to guys, and not only money, but you've tied in an environment where you're now nurturing the individual as opposed to the team with James Harden and Joel Embiid, right? Like, they are the superstars. Like, yeah. I think it's really important to take a look at the league and the league culture and say, okay, like what teams have decided to make it more of a team game, which teams can overcome a significant superstar injury and still win, and what kind of mentality are their, their role players taking on there. 
because there is there is the next man up in the NBA, and then there's the non-next man up on certain teams, <laughs> yeah, uh, if you will. And it's a bummer for Embiid, but that's playoff basketball over the last X amount of years that I've seen, man. Part like injuries and battling injuries and overcoming injuries is almost what it takes to get to a championship. And to me, that screams depth. These teams need to be focused more and more and more on depth. Yeah, and a team we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, the Phoenix Suns proved that right, right? Like, I know it was the first-round matchup, but, hey, they had to get some big, tough wins in New Orleans without Devin Booker. Did it. All right, moving over to the Dallas versus the Suns series here. Um, couple things I want to go over, Matt. So, number one, Luka Doncic is sick. <laughs> it's very, very good. Um, I'm going to do a revised top five after the season's over. I don't need to be doing top fives every month, but let's just say he's he's really pushing himself in there for me. Um, but the thing that's killing Dallas right now is their superstar from last round, and I'm not just trying to keep dumping on the Utah Jazz here, but Jalen Brunson is looking like Jalen Brunson. Why, may you ask, is that... The Suns actually have some defenders at the at the guard position. They play with some defensive integrity and intensity and have a good game plan against you want to talk about a C-level player, Jalen Brunson. Like he's he's okay, right? He's nice. He's not 26 a game like he was giving Donovan Mitchell. And it's costing Dallas right now. Luka's playing out of his mind, going for 40 you know, hitting all these threes, playing crazy, doing his flopping, making his shots. But the Suns are going to run away with this one, Matt. And a big reason behind that is is because your guy, Chris Paul, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's closing games, shooting well, playing defense, assisting, leading the team. And, I, and I'll leave it here and I'll, and I'll let you go after I say this because you're way more of a CP3 guy than I am. I don't think he's not a bad I don't think he's a bad player. I just I think he's an asshole and he annoys me. That's probably more of where my hatred comes from toward for him. But if he plays this way, Matt, with this efficiency, shooting, defending, assisting, and he can go on, win the title, win uh NBA Finals MVP, I think he cements himself and his legacy as either the second or third best point guard ever in this modern era behind Magic Johnson. I think he stamps it easily, puts himself over AI, puts himself over Jason Kidd, puts himself over Steve Nash, Gary Payton, just to name a few of these modern NBA point guards. I really think he puts them right there, two or three. Um, I mean, he's already there for me. That like when you when you actually list those guys up, it's and it, to me it's not even close. Um, I, I I would say Stockton might be the guy where I've got to like uh, you know, kind of wobble. I mean, yeah, but like, he's he's been to two, right? He he went to two back to back, all time leading assist leader, yeah, right? You know, so that's like it, it's got to be Stockton, but he he's lost. I mean, it sucks because it was against fucking Jordan, right? You know, but yeah, well, and Nash and um, kid both had an incredible, couple incredible years of talented basketball and no a doubt. good career. Um, Very good. But what Chris Paul did with Kansas City and Phoenix takes what both of those did to a completely different level. I mean, neither of them ever elevated their team above mediocrity like 
Chris Paul did. And I, I get what Nash did in Phoenix. You know, that Dan yeah. system was really fun, but he had Amari Stoudemire, right? He had the shooters. He had the pieces around him to really do well. Like Chris Paul going into Phoenix, we thought, oh my God, this is where he goes to die. You know, like it's <laughs> over. And we're talking about the Suns making two finals runs here. Like he's already done it for me. But um, I think ultimately this is this is the team that's ending their prime, the team with their superstar point guard Hall of Famer on his last, last run going up against the new guard, Luka Doncic, right? Like, this is it for Chris Paul. I don't think Chris Paul has another 2020 in him next, 2022 in him next year. Like they, they've got to do it. And I think Luke is just continuing again to show that his versatile ability to have as many moves in his bag as possible to make shots, to play above the position is just going to reward him so well throughout the next few years. And honestly, I hope he's learning out there from Chris Paul because you know you're watching greatness in front of you and you're watching what you have to do as you get older in this league to still be successful. Yeah, and no I I I I think I agree with you, bro, is he this might be it for him. I, I think he has one more year on his contract, but I I don't know if we can get one more knock on wood, knock on my knee here healthy run like this out of him, right? And what a way to send it off. I I I don't see how anyone stops the Suns right now. And this kind of goes back to last episode again is just we talked about what is Utah going to do? Like, how, how are we going to develop a roster to compete with the Golden States, Phoenix, Memphis right now? And, you know, I was thinking, you know, do it like Dallas, you know, get a little bit of a smaller lineup. But it just goes to show if Phoenix can hold on to DeAndre Ayton with Booker in that guard play from Chris Paul, no one can guard this guy. And it's just showing the value of a big man in the NBA right now. And, I, you know, you made a really good point last time about Rudy Gobert. Like, he's special. He's different. Yeah, he has his issues. We all do. And everyone's game does. But, man, Dallas just has no. And Phoenix is it makes them look so easy out there. And that's the scariest thing when you're in a series and the team one team looks like they're putting everything into every basket they're making and the other team just looks like they're toying with you out there and that's what we're seeing in this series and man I, I think it all starts with Chris Paul every time Dallas is right there ready to just kind of take the next step take the leap Paul hits a jumper makes the right play on offense draws a foul does a stupid flop shit that bothers me but it's that kind of little things those veteran moves why why they're probably going to be in the finals again All right, last basketball chat of the day is Golden State Memphis. Uh, this is the uh, this is the backyard brawl of the second round here, Matt. These two teams, two games in, hate each other, straight up hate each other. Uh, Steve Kerr is already talking shit. We all saw the Dylan Brooks foul on Gary Payton the second. Uh, Payton's out for the rest of the playoffs indefinitely, broken elbow. Um, kids at home. Try your best when you're falling in basketball and sports in general. Try to fall on your shoulders, on your back, on your ass if you can. Don't ever brace your fall with your arms. That's kind of a shitty lesson to learn there from Gary Payton. Besides the point, it was a dirty play, Matt. Um, I know you didn't play as much basketball as I did growing up. I think you know there's unwritten rules in baseball, right? There's unwritten rules in sports in general. One of the ones in basketball is if a gentleman... A lady is in the air going up for a ball, going up for a layup, going up for a dunk, unlike myself, right? If you are airborne, you A, 
don't push ever. Don't ever push. And B, you don't undercut, right? And what and what does Dylan Brooks do? Chops his fucking head off, dude. Just it just a blatant flagrant foul. And he suspended one game and it just started the animosity in this series, and I love it. Um one game, Matt. Once again, I know you're not privy to kind of basketball the way that I am, and you know, you're a little bit more of, of our casual NBA viewer for the pod, but did you think Brooks deserved more than one game or was that warranted there? I think it's warranted. The NBA has been soft for how many years now in terms of that they levy out penalties, right? Like I think personally you put the safety and the welfare of another player at jeopardy. That's 10 games starting. And, you know, you talk about a season ending injury. That's now probably 25 games. Um, it just doesn't make sense how they issue penalties. Right? And also you look at how they've treated Draymond Green through the years. Draymond's done some crazy shit. He's also done some, too. some really minor stuff and gotten the same penalty for it. So how the NBA chooses to police its players is already an issue that I would love to rant about. But um, <laughs> I mean, they, they fit right in line. You know what I mean? Like this one game fits right in line with everything else that they do. What Grayson Allen did to Alex Caruso this season Completely unacceptable. Out of out of you're done for the year. Like that's it. You know, he could broke his neck and died. Like you're out here putting people's lives in jeopardy because you're right. You undercut their legs and they land on their neck. You're talking about children in the stands watching someone that is just paralyzed. Uh, but the NBA clearly doesn't understand that. So I guess yeah, justified. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought they'd. I honestly, I thought they'd give them both games suspended in Golden State, right? I thought at least a two-game suspension, especially after the game before they eject Dr- Draymond Green for that. You know, that was it. Was a hard. It was a soft. It was a soft call. Like it really was. Like he deserved a flagrant. Sure, give him a technical. Give him the ball. But they eject Draymond the day before. Brooks comes out there and just hacks Gary Payton. And then John Morant goes for 47 points because now Golden State, this is the big thing here. Like the, the flagrant's the problem 100%. But the big story now is they don't have a damn soul who can stop John Morant. Now Golden State's best defender is out. And John Morant's out there dancing on people, bro, breaking Jordan Poole's ankles. Curry's playing okay defense to get him. Clay's lost a few steps because of all the freaking injuries he's had. They don't have an answer for John. It might, this this play alone might cost Golden State the series, which is where like I get where you're coming from, right? Like maybe it is a bit extreme, right? Yes, it's been him for the season or 10, 15 games, but like this might be the reason they lose the series because if they can't stop John Morant, they're gonna lose. And it's crazy to think that, but it's just the truth. Um, the last thing I want to say about Memphis here is that I, I do think they're really, really trying to have this this bad boy image about them. And I don't know if I'd necessarily like it. I don't know if I necessarily hate it yet. But I, I'm saying this right now, Matt. The, the Memphis Grizzlies are the bad boy Pistons of 2022. Yes, a thousand times more soft, right? Like the league is a thousand times more soft. But I don't think I've gone from, hey, this is a fun team to I really might fucking hate all these guys so fast before. All right, moving on to the it is May and this is the NFL topic we're talking about today. (laughs) Um, Brian Brian Tannehill came out in his his press conference. It's being talked about all over the internet, so we have some thoughts on it. 
basically saying, I'm not going to mentor Malik Willis. He got asked about the, the draft pick and how he's going to help him. And long story short, he said, it's not my job to help him. So simple question, Matt. Should vets, baseball, in this, football, mentor basically their replacement? Yes. I, I think it's very simple for me. Um, I've looked back on this league all leagues really. And I said, okay, like from a player's perspective, why would you not want to mentor? Well, obviously you're afraid of losing your job, you know, losing your paycheck. Okay. Right. Interesting. Fair, fair. But they're going to take it from you anyways. You mentoring them doesn't mean anything. What really at all, um, they're coming for your job and they're going to take it. But what you can do is you can help them become a better player for your teammates, for yourself in case you get injured and they ride you to a championship. Also, you're that much more likely to sign the next contract to be a mentor with the next team, keeping you in the league maybe an extended two, three, four years, just more security and more paychecks coming into you. And you look at what RG3 right now is talking about possibly coming back to the NFL and being that quarterback mentor at 32. He's happy, has a good analyst job, you know, is living his life, would still like to play in the NFL. He comes back, play maybe he goes to Chicago and mentors fields. Well, now we're talking about him in two years going to Tennessee to mentor Willis when Ryan Tannehill's out of the league because no one's going <laughs> to sign him as a backup. And I'm serious. Like I know. No, I get what you're saying. I get why Rodgers and Brady don't need to be mentors. They're the best in the world. Until they're done, no one's taking their job from them. Ryan Tannehill threw six interceptions in a game last year. Basically call him Nate Pierman. Like he's, <laughs> he's trash out there. Um, and he's going to lose his job. And I don't feel any sympathy for him because like you have the opportunity here to like be the better man and accept the backup role, which you you deserve now. You're a shitty quarterback in the NFL. Like your next chapter is a backup. But if you're not going to mentor a kid, your next chapter is a college football coach. <laughs> so um, I disagree with you. And and I also kind of look at it internally. Like I, I, the only point I do agree with you is the extension of your career. Like if you're a guy like Tannehill, a middle to below average quarterback in the NFL, the only way to play 10 to 15 years in the league is, is you are going to have to accept some sort of backup role. Right now where I agree with disagree with you is that I just think about it myself. Like if I, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, if I am playing for another contract here, his contract coming up either this season or next season, I didn't check, but fuck that guy. Like that that's personally like how I would be. I'd be like, no, I'm just taking this personally. You know, you can I will mentor you by you watching what I do on a daily basis and me beating you out. But I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm your buddy when I know that you drafted me as the replacement. And I think that's just my personal opinion on it. Now you brought up Rodgers and Brady, whereas I are Rodgers and Brady gonna mentor anyone when Jimmy Garoppolo got drafted? by new england was was brady cool with him not necessarily he was fucking pissed off about it right when rogers when jordan love was drafted to the packers was rogers cool with it no he wasn't like maybe they've hashed it out in their buddy buddy now but rogers literally almost threatened to trade from the team because he didn't find he didn't know they were drafting a quarterback in the first round so i don't think it's their job to mentor them now do i think it's in their best interest to mentor them that hits the point with what you're saying. Like, I do think it's in their best interest for a longevity type of career, but I think people are making a bigger deal out of this right now because it's Ryan Tannehill, 
right? Because it's not Aaron Rodgers, because it's not one of these top tier guys, because Ryan Tannehill legitimately could get replaced this year. So that's why I think people are kind of overreacting to his comment because they're like, oh, fuck you then. I hope he beats you out this year because that's an actual possibility where Tannehill's sitting here like, no, 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 I'm focused on not getting cut. I'm focused on actually getting another uh, contract here in a year or two. So I, I get where Tannehill's coming from. Yeah, I mean, the kid's a little soft. He talked about how, you know, it Dana took him Hill? weeks and weeks and weeks to get over his playoff loss. He's a soft dude. Like, I mean, I, I, it would take me weeks and weeks, too, if I threw a fucking interception on the first play of the game and to lose the game to Joe Burrow, knowing that they terrible. probably could have went to the Super Bowl if he was just competent. I'd be pissed too. Yeah, dude. And that's the thing. Like, I've seen Tannehill play well, but like, I hope he doesn't even start a game this season and they (laughs) cut his ass. Like, no, like, seriously, like, I'm just tired of this. Like, because I I get what you're saying. And honestly, in my job, I would feel the same way. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. But like, watching Cam Newton's comments about Greer when they drafted him and how like he wants to give his team every opportunity to win and he wants to extract every ounce of talent from the people around him. And then the tier, but like RG3 talk about it. It's like, well, these are the guys that sucked and finally had to accept a different role. And I understand Cam's comments were a little bit time dated there, but Tannehill just hasn't accepted that it's over. It's done. Rodgers and Brady don't have to accept that. Well, right? and like, like, yeah, and interrupt there too with those two guys specifically too. Like Cam and RG3 were mega stars compared yep. to Tannehill. Like mega they went stars. from being like fucking gods you know like Tannehill had one good season you know RG3 Cam won a fucking MVP RG3 his rookie year was a god you know what I mean like he he was the next face of the league until he got hurt so also though you do get what you're saying those two have seen how quickly things can change no you know and like and how you have a responsibility in this league as you hit the end of your timeline. No one knows how long a player's timeline is. It could be 15 years, could be eight years, could be two seasons, you know? And like at the end of that timeline for you, you've got to be a mentor because that's what professionalism is. At the end of your career, you start to mentor the younger generation. And I just think, dude, you're right. This is all about Tannehill. Rogers says this stuff, bro. No problem with it. You you can <laughs> right. feel how you feel, man. I have, I can't said say it that. about yep. Rogers, and everyone's like, eh, well, I mean, it's fucking Brett I mean, Favre, right? Probably, you know? probably fair there. You know, if, hey. Ryan Tannehill says it. Fuck him. And it's like, fuck well, him, dude. I mean, like, you know, I get it, but I like for him, if if he gets beat out by Willis this year, you're right. He might be out of the league in two seasons, one season. Um, yeah, because he's if if because, he if he balls out, he makes another you know, hundred million dollars. So I, I get where his head's at, bro. He ain't balling out. He's balling. He's balling <laughs> out to their team here. You want a, you want an interception? I'll gift wrap it for you. Fuck. He sucks, dude. And uh, he's only just going to freaking bring our boy Traylon Burks down. He's just going to ruin. <sighs> he's just going to ruin our take too. This is well, and this to is make what it I even said, worse. man. I said, Tennessee was probably the worst spot for him. Well, Matt, we'll we'll have to agree to come back to record some more podcasts next week. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back with another Tuesday, Thursday. We just had a little bit of schedule mix up. So um, as always, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at PitcherBetPod. Hope you all have a good, safe weekend. Enjoy some of the good sports going on out there. Cheers.